Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Praise God. Good morning, everyone, and happy Father's Day to whom that applies. Amen. I am blessed to be a dad. We have two wonderful kids and another one. Um, <laughs> I'll let them figure all that out. <laughs> no, I mostly kid. Uh, my, my children, my children are a blessing to me, and uh, I'm <clears throat> grateful to be here today. And I'm going to get to spend lunch with all my kids today. I'm grateful to God for that. Most of them are grown up, or at least they are the age of a grown up. And uh, <laughs> this is not a good start, is it? Especially with my kids. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I really am a blessed man, for sure. And I know you dads as well. Uh, there's nothing like being a father. It's wonderful and terrible and terrifying and uh, all at the same time. I can remember when Maddie was being born, I'll never forget feeling like I was being sucked into this vortex of the unknown that I would never recover from because, well, I'll just tell you, the doctor told me as Heather's in labor, grab a leg, boy. Grab a leg. <laughs> so I had a close-up view of my child being born as a result of that. See, I, I, I kind of like the old days when the dad just kind of waited out in the waiting room smoking a cigar, you know, waiting to see what, but not so anymore. And... Uh, is this okay? No. Anyway, so as, in, as our child is being born into this world, I realize, I mean, I'm going, this is amazing. This is incredible. I have to feed this thing and keep it alive. What's the reality hit? Oh, there she is. She's alive. So we, we did it, Mom. But... Um, no, it's, it, like I said, it's a wonderful experience, and, and you learn so much about God in this way as being a father and, and, and what it's like to have him not only as our God and Lord and Savior, but as our Father, and the wonderful thing, and how much he really feels toward us and the plans that he has for us and how good he is. When he says, that, I, I, I give you a future and a hope, uh, that's, I, I got a new perspective of that when I started having children, you know? And to, to be a, a father is an honor. And it's one thing to be a man in the house. It's another thing to be a father, though. And uh, father is, uh, being a father is, is paying attention and working and, and really having your child's good in your mind all the time. To raise them up, to think about setting them up for success in life. You know, I told my children, I want you to have better and go further and do more in your life than I ever dreamed. And then when it started happening, uh, Maddie Claire had, she, her uncle Phil bought her a car a few years ago. And uh, I sit in this car and I'm like, this car's nicer than anything I've ever driven. <laughs> and she said, well, Dad, you always said that you know, you wanted me to have better. I said, yeah, but I didn't know I'd be jealous about it. <laughs> God is good. Yeah. And the devil can go straight to hell, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. 
ask, but, but not any of you. <laughs> all right? You all must go to heaven through faith in Jesus. But um, I've got a special announcement to bring today. Before we get into today's message, I want to call Alex Ammons up here, please, for a moment. Amen. And I, I want to just, uh, I'm really excited about this moment right now because this young man means a lot to Heather and I, especially to Heather. And uh, <laughs> Alex came into our world how many years ago? I think nine. Nine years ago. And I'm the first person you met here. And you stayed. On a Sunday. And you stayed. That's amazing. Um, but on a Sunday, because he started at our youth group with Pastor Jeremy Parham. Was, was, uh, Jeremy and Jessica are our youth pastors in and started there. And I remember when I first met him uh, that he was already working here. He's already serving. He was running our light board. And uh, I'm like, who is this? He had long, crazy, curly hair all over the place. I said, who is this punk? And uh, uh, so they told me that he was here to serve. And I mean, his first day here, he just, he just started serving. He's been serving ever since and serving so much that he made us uh, have to have him all the time here and um, brought him on staff. And you know, you see Alex everywhere. You remember how Derek was years ago. Well, this Alex kind of replaced what Derek did. He became the everything man. And uh, everything behind the scenes, the, the videos and the, the media and all this kind of stuff. And, and then also uh, went with me to Uganda a couple of weeks ago and got to see uh, how God used him in, in that avenue of praying for people, preaching, casting devils out. I mean, it was extraordinary. And uh, I, I've learned something watching Alex is that he had, number one, he has an excellent spirit. And, uh, and he has, he has a, 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 a faithfulness and a willingness that never tires. You know, I've, always, I've been amazed at the, the stature of man that he is at his age and how Alex has helped our church become more excellent. And, and his heart is in the house of God and the things of God. And, uh, and as a result, we, we are blessed by him. And, uh, and so just the fact that he's been willing to just do whatever, that has really helped Alex. And, and, and what God has seen in faithfulness here. He has chosen to exalt now and to bring up and to promote. And so I'm happy to announce today that Alex Ammons is now our, we should call him now, Pastor Alex Ammons, as he is now our new youth pastor. Huh? Yes. So Alex is going to direct Thrive Student Youth Ministries beyond from here, amen, to greater days, greater things. But I also want to take a moment to say thank you to Pastor Jeremiah and Maddie, who when uh, Nathan and Heather uh, took on their new assignment from God, uh, knowing that their days in youth ministry here were coming to an end and it was time for a transition, Jeremiah came over to my house and said, I'll, I'll be willing to take this during the transition so that you don't have to think about it. And this burden won't be on you. And I want to say thank you to Jeremiah and Maddie for handling this thing and continuing our youth ministry to, like champions. And I love your excellence and I love your willingness to Jeremiah. Amen. I'm a better man having known you for sure. 
And uh, <laughs> you got an amen from over there. Somebody over there really likes you. <laughs> uh, but I, I want us to just, uh, the first service, Alex's parents and brother were here to, to bring their support. And uh, so if you will, would you just pray with me today? Jeremiah, would you please come? I want to have Pastor Jeremiah come and, and declare God's blessing over Alex as we set him in on this very special day. Hallelujah. Y'all could extend y'all's hands to him. Thank you. Father God, we thank you for this man of God. Thank you, Father. We thank you for this moment right here, this new season that he's stepping into, Father. I thank you that you are ordering his steps right now, Father. Father, I thank you that the mind of Christ is upon him so that he can lead this group. He can bring Thrive to a new place, to a new place that they've never been before. Father, I thank you that you've given him your heart for people, and you've given him your heart for young people to go out and reach and call and seek and save those that are lost, Father. I thank you that you have ordered his steps, that everywhere he goes, he steps in victory. Everywhere that he steps, he steps in your power and your authority. Mm. Father, I thank you right now and we lay our hands on this man and thank you that the Spirit of God is upon him, that he is strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and everything that he does will prosper. Father, I thank you for dreams and visions to take this youth group to places that it's never been before, that he will bring and reach people that have felt like they've been unreached, Father. I thank you that he, with this youth group, will raise the dead. They will heal the sick. They will call people to come to you and know you, Father. And I thank thank you that this man is now stepping into an authority that he's never experienced before and that he will flow exactly how you want him to flow, that the favor will be with him, that kids will just be drawn to him, and that this youth group will flourish through this man and through his voice and vision. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Love you. Oh, why don't you say something? We have a few teens here. Um. First, I think I was wrong. I think it's actually been almost nine years. It feels like I've been here forever, in a good way, in a good way. Um, (laughs) But I got connected to this church through the youth ministry, and I am a byproduct of what, what youth ministry can do and what this church has done for me. And I am incredibly blessed and honored to have had you and Pastor Heather, just the most amazing pastors, mentors. Say that, say that part again. Um, Pastor, Pastor Heather. <laughs> Blessed to have. <laughs> hey, well said. <laughs> but uh, I, I am incredibly blessed and honored just to have you both as pastors. And uh, I'm standing here today because of what you two have poured into my life and the patience you've had with me and the faith and the trust that you've had in me. And I just want to say thank you. And I am, again, I'm, I'm incredibly honored and I'm, I'm ready to... Um, give people the, the same opportunity that I have, I've, I've had, and um, to see people's lives changed like mine was. So thank very you. Good. Awesome. You got anything to say to them? I love you all very much, and we're about to go to YFN, so get ready. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Great stuff. All right, get off the stage. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's good to be here today. So let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Galatians. We're, we're ultimately going to end up in Hebrews chapter 11, but I want to talk to you for a few minutes today uh, and glean from our father of faith, Abraham, and we're going to learn some lessons from him. But as you're uh, turning to, in your Bibles and getting ready for the message, this, um, this is the first 
day of the new academic year at school, and the school secretary was talking to this young man. He said, so what is your father's occupation? And he said, my, my dad's a magician. And she says, wow, uh, that's very interesting. So what, what's your dad's favorite trick? He says, uh, he saws people in half. And she said, oh, wow. Okay, next question. Do you have any brothers or sisters? He said, well, I have one half-brother and two half-sisters. <laughs> All right, enough with this nonsense. Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, listen to this. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Who are the sons of Abraham? Those who are of faith. Is there anybody of faith in here today? Anybody here believe? Believe that Christ died for your sins. You believe that he was buried and you believe that he rose again from the dead. Can I get a, uh, that's me shout to this morning. If that's you, okay, so then if that's true, if you are of faith, then you are sons of Abraham. All right, now that's an important thing for us to know today. And, and I mean, it's a very lofty thought. I'm son of Abraham. What does that mean? It's important that you know what it means rather than just know how it sounds. Verse 9 says, so then those who are of faith, are there anybody here of faith here today? Okay, so not only are you a son of Abraham, now it says if you're of faith, you are blessed with believing Abraham. So, okay, wow. So what this is saying is that whatever Abraham is blessed with, you're blessed with. Not just any Abraham believing Abraham. All right, this is the one who is in faith. And if you're of faith just like he is, then you're blessed just like he is. Verse 29 of the same chapter says, and if you are Christ, anybody hear Christ's? All right. Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there's an inheritance that's for you, children of Abraham. Okay. In other words, that is whatever Abraham gets, you get. Wow. And we're all sons of faith. They're son, uh, sons of Abraham through faith, okay? It doesn't have to be a thing of lineage then. They're, they're the natural-born children of Abraham. Now, there is a very special blessing upon their life. But in the Spirit, we're all sons of Abraham because Romans says that now we are all sons of Abraham. He became the father of the world for the uncircumcised and the circumcised. That is, for the Gentile and for the Jew. So all of us come to be children of Abraham through faith in Jesus. And being a child of Abraham is important because you know that there's blessing in it. There's inheritance in it. There is a kind of victorious, overcoming lifestyle that comes with being a son of Abraham. That your life is not governed by the laws of the world. Not just by the, the laws of the world. Your life is governed by God's word. And, and that causes you then to exceed some of the natural laws that hinder many people. One of those things was old age. Right? He wasn't supposed to have a baby. He's 100. She's 90. They just started their family when they got to that age. All right? That exceeds natural law. They got over into promise and found something extraordinary. That they began to live an extraordinary experience, an extraordinary life. Through believing God. And God showed himself strong on their behalf. In such a way that God at, uh, uh, spoke to Abraham when he's 75 years old. All right, 75 years old, he should be down in Florida playing golf now. Right? This is, this is the, he should be enjoying the good life. 
the last few years of his life. But this is really when life begins for Abram. He says, get up, get out of your father's house. I'm going to take you to a land that you don't know. Let me show you what life with me looks like. And we know that through, through the scripture that Abraham, though, was, you know, according to how life works, should be fading out in life. Now he gets extended another hundred years. He finally dies at the good old age of 175. This is what life with God brought into his life. The blessing that was on his life. The inheritance that was found in the promise. Galatians 4.28 says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. Wow, that's good news. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, and let's learn these lessons for the next few minutes of, from our father Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise. Everybody say, by faith. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promises. See what he got, his, his, children, got, his children gets. Okay? His children's get. I can't even speak. Never mind. Somebody throw a tarp over me. Verse 10, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time with my family, God. Those who are here, those who are watching live stream and listening by podcast, I thank you, God, for great grace to be upon us all. And thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ to be upon every hearer now. Thank you, Lord, that your word is life to those who find it, and it is health to all of their flesh. And we believe your word today. Lord, we want to know, we want to experience Everything that you have for us, Lord, we want to live in the reality of your promise. In Jesus' name, amen. By faith, verse 8 of Hebrews 11, by faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Obedience doesn't matter until you believe. All right? Obedience doesn't make any difference until you first believe. Faith then gives you, this is amazing, faith makes obeying without knowing possible. Faith makes obeying without knowing possible. That he didn't know where he was going. He said, Get out, I got a land for you. So he went, not knowing where he was going. He obeyed God. How? Because he believed him. Amen. See, Abraham learned a few things about God. He learned over time that God was really good, that God was true. He was true to his word. Everything God told Abram would happen had happened up to this point. God told him it would happen, and God was good, and God could be trusted fully. So Abraham, over time, learned that. It took him some time. It takes us all time, right, to learn these kinds of things. Because in the beginning of Abraham's faith, it was like, I have to see it to believe it, right? He said, he said what are you going to give me? God came to him, and again, he's talking these outlandish promises, and he's talking to an old man. And Abraham says, what are you going to give me seeing I go childless? You keep telling me I've got nations coming from me and my wife, Sarah, and, and, and my descendants are going to be blessed, but I don't have one child. Can you, can you help meet me where I am? I need just one. Can I just see one part of this promise, God? What are you going to give me seeing? I don't even have one child. 
And then God said, come here, come outside. He was in his tent and he walked him outside and and this is Genesis 15 and he says, look at the stars. Can you number those stars? So will your descendants be. You need to see something. Let me get your eyes on how I see things, Abraham. All right, let me show you what I'm seeing. See those stars? Now you're seeing things as I see them. Those are your kids. It was at that moment everything changed for him and Abraham believed God and God accounted it to him for righteousness. Wow. He believed him. He said, okay. But as he walked with God and as he learned life experiences with God, we get over to Genesis chapter 22 and then something changes. Now Abraham starts seeing it or saying it before he actually sees it. He, start, he believes it before he sees it in the physical. Amazing thing. As God told him, take your son, offer him up as a burnt sacrifice on, on the mountain, I tell you. And as they're going along, Isaac says, Dad, I see the wood and I see the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God's going to provide for himself the lamb for the sacrifice. God didn't tell Abraham that. He didn't make any such promise to him. But Abraham is in a different place in faith now. Now he knows he can trust God. He knows that God said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. So then God has to have something instead of this. God tells him to go sacrifice him on the mountain. That means if that happens, then God has to raise him from the dead. That's the only way that God can be true to his word. And God's going to have to provide the lamb. That's the only thing that makes sense to me in faith. And that's exactly what happened. Faith makes obeying without knowing possible. Let me say this. Everything outside of faith for you, believer, because don't, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up talking like this world does and thinking like this world. I live in the real world. Is this really what you want? Is this the life that God has brought you to just see everything like everybody else sees it and experience the world like everybody? Then what's the point of being a Christian? What's the point of knowing God if, if you want to live in what you call the real world? Let me tell you something, Christian. You don't have the luxury of calling this the real world. Your real, real world is found in the realm of faith in God. Everything outside of that is fake. Everything outside of that is just flesh. It's not the real substance of who you are connecting to the real substance of who he is. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it is the evidence of things not seen. You're not taking any risk believing. You're taking all the risk out by believing. It's a risk to doubt. It's a risk to fear. It's a risk to to be an unbelief. Faith takes all the risk out. It is the substance and it is the evidence. Can you hear me? Huh? This is the real world. Faith in God. And God has proven himself over and over again. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. See, you're going to know God through a reward system. I think that's so cool. He doesn't only want you to know that he is. Yeah, I believe God exists. No, he wants you to know more about He's a rewarder. God has things for you to enjoy, to experience. He's got gifts for you. Faith in him makes obeying possible without even the knowledge of it. In other words, faith is knowing that you know even when you don't know. When war broke out between Spain and the United States, Cuba became extremely important for us in this war. 
And there were these insurgents there that we needed to get a message to, especially to their leader, a man by the name of Garcia. And President McKinley was looking for someone who could find Garcia to get a message to him that we needed their intel on where the location of the Spanish soldiers were so that we could, we could be in the know and so that we could do a preemptive strike and, and turn this war around. Well, all they knew was that he was in the vastness of the mountains of Cuba. There was no way to get mail to him, a telegraph. There, there was nothing like that. And so finally, as they're, they're trying to figure this out, there was a man who told the president, he said, if anybody can get this message to Garcia, it's this Colonel Rowan. And so he calls for him. And, and uh, so the president says, listen, I need you to get this message to Garcia. He's in Cuba. That's basically all the intel they had. And Rowan ran with it. He ran with it. And three weeks later, after having to be over in Jamaica uh, and then take a boat over there, an open boat, and comes into very hostile territory, having to sneak around all, all the, and stay out of sight of the Spaniards and, and, and try to find himself, this man named Garcia, and get this message, this very important message that would help us in this war. Finally, he made it to him. Three weeks later, after this, he got the initial orders from the president, he's on his way back home having delivered the message to Garcia. The extraordinary thing they said about Rowan was, was they never asked the president, well, where is he and how am I going to do this? He took the message and ran with it. This kind of man is one who needs a statue cast of his form in every college or university in the United States. Because what young men and women need more than just book learning, and book learning is important, but it's not the most important thing, or instruction of what to do and, and how to do this. Uh, but really what they need is a stiffening of that spine, huh? To stand up and, 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 and be loyal to a fault and say, I'll go. To just do the deed, to get the message to Garcia. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, get the message to Garcia. All right? God can be trusted, so all you need to know is do what he said to do. And faith gives you the ability to obey God without you even having to know everything about it. You don't have to know because he knows. Huh? God knows. He's not going to lead you astray. He's put his spirit on the inside of you. And the Bible says that he will guide you into all truth. Amen. And he loves you. And he's able to make all things work together for good to those who love him. So do what he says. See, he gives you the ability. When you believe him, you'll find yourself saying what he says to say, doing what he says to do, and going where he says to go. Gives you the ability to fully trust that God knows exactly what he's doing. He's got marvelous things planned for your life. And if you'll dare to believe him, you'll find yourself living in his experience. Our father Abraham teaches us faith makes obeying without knowing possible. Look at verse 9. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. This is an extraordinary thing. that Abraham goes out there and they're just kind of camping around and, and, and he's dwelling in these tents and, and over time he's talked to Isaac, his son, and Jacob, his grandson, and, and they're all kind of living this life by faith, uh, dwelling in this land of promise, but it's a foreign land. They don't know this land, except all they have is a promise to hold on to. And 
Faith, number two lesson that we get from Abraham is faith dwells in the promises. Faith dwells in the promises. Strange land of promise. This covenant of faith is not based upon a kingdom of laws. This covenant of faith is based upon promise. And that's foreign to many people's way of thinking. Because this is how we know life is by laws. But this says it's by promise. And as a matter of fact, it says that we have now received a better covenant established upon better promises. Not better laws, better promises. Listen to this. Galatians 3.18 says, For if the inheritance is of the law, it's no longer of promise. You can't, it's not both things. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. And if he gave it to Abraham by promise, he gave it to you by promise. This word dwelt means to live in a place as a stranger. He dwelt in that place as a stranger. What's he living in? He's living in a promise. Even though he's in a place he doesn't know. Living in the promises of God is strange to, to our way of thinking because we live in this world, and this world, like as I said earlier, is governed by laws. You know, what goes up must come down. You sow a seed in the ground, you, you reap a plant, you reap fruit from that plant. You know, the sun rises and the sun sets. So we don't experience the promises of God through our human reasoning and understanding. We believe and we speak these promises on a continual basis. This is where we live as Christians. The Scripture says, hold fast your confession of Hope or confession of faith without wavering, for he who promises faithful. Amen. So we dwell in promise by continuing to believe the word and speak the word. Believe it and to speak it. And we stay right there. We stay right there. Even though sometimes it works against everything in the natural, right? We don't see any, any physical evidence of it. And yet we dwell in that promise. Hmm? Dwelling in promise is not dwelling in denial. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it is. Huh? If I say I'm healed when I'm sick, then am I, I'm in denial of the sickness. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's not how faith is. Faith is not calling those things that be as though they are not. Faith is calling those things that be not as though they are. There's a, there's a cult called Scientology, Christian Scientology, that teaches denial, all right? That's not faith. They say, if they're sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's not our message. Our message is, I'm healed by His stripes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We speak the word. We dwell in promise. Yeah. This is where we stay until we see it come to pass. I mean, you know, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes years. Hmm? Sometimes it does. But if you believe that promise above everything else, hmm. the first words that were spoken on the moon in 1969, the first time man ever stepped foot on the moon, the first man to do it was Neil Armstrong, and he said these famous words, right? This is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. There are several stories out there that I've looked over who tell another thing that Neil Armstrong said on the moon. And one of the things was when after they had done their exploring there and they were climbing back onto Apollo 11, that he mumbled these words, 
Good luck, Mr. Gorski. So nobody knew what that was about, and it wasn't discovered until later on down the road that when Neil Armstrong was a boy, he and his brother were playing baseball in the front yard. And his brother hit the ball way out of range and over to the next-door neighbor's house, right next to the next-door neighbor's bedroom window. Well, Neil ran over there to retrieve the ball, and as he bent down to pick it up, he hears this arguing going on inside this bedroom. He hears Mrs. Gorski say, you want me to go to bed with you? I'll go to bed with you when that neighbor kid walks on the moon. (laughs) To which Neil Armstrong said, years and years later, good luck. Mr. Gorski. (laughs) The promises of God are true no matter how many years go by. But we imitate those who through faith and patience inherit those promises. Wow. See, God is sold out to his word. And what he's looking for, the scripture says that his eyes roam about over the earth seeking anyone who has faith so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. Is there anybody that believes God besides or over what they are seeing, over what they're experiencing in this moment? Can you really come to the place where you take him at his word and say, God, use me. Show your glory in me. Show me the reality of this promise. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to believe this with everything in me, despite what time goes by, despite what others say, despite what I'm experiencing, despite what I'm feeling, despite even what my own thinking tells me. I'm dwelling in promise. You dwell in promise. You stay there long enough, my family. You're going to make a home there, and you're going to see the reality. You're going to see the manifestation of that promise because God cannot lie. For he, verse 10, this is the last one, for he waited for the city, or one version says he looked for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The last lesson we learned from our father Abraham on this great Father's Day is faith keeps you looking for what God has prepared for you. Some of you have a, a word spoken to you. Some of you have received a prophetic word. Some of you, God has spoken to you personally. You have a dream in your heart. Let me just say that that dream that's in your heart is God's preparation, what he has prepared for you. Huh? The thing that, that, thing that excites you, that, that ignites your passion, that is the thing that God has put on the inside. He has prepared for you. So I want to encourage you to keep looking for it. Keep looking for that. Keep looking for that. I'm not talking about with physical eyes. I'm talking about what the scripture says when it says, while we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. How in the world are you supposed to not see what your eyes can see and see what your eyes can't see? Faith in God. We walk by faith, not by sight. Because the things that you see are temporary, but the things that are not seen, the scripture says, are eternal. Last summer, about this time, 
my dad's health began to deteriorate quickly. And um, we had no idea what was going on with him. He had been having some trouble initially with his shoulder. And um, this had been going on, I don't know, how long was that? Honey, three years? Maybe longer than that. Um, he had reached up in the car and pulled a suitcase up. And when he did, he felt something tear there. And so he just had to just continue to deal with this nagging pain. So after a while, then it started affecting his hand. It started affecting his grip. And uh, like he would show me like he could push a glass across the counter, but he couldn't pick it up. And so his hand was fighting weakness. And so he would, he would, he'd always clap in his hands, trying to get feeling in his hand. And so I started thinking, what, that's, shoulder would be doing that? And he went even saw a physical therapist, and the therapist said, yeah, that, that definitely can affect your hand and its, and its motion and all that. So just kind of left it at that. Well, um, as that's happening, the next thing we notice is that dad's dragging a leg. Okay, that's not shoulder. That can't be. And, and then, like, it seemed like he just started to digress quickly after that. And then before long, his speech started slurring. And so then uh, we were very concerned and uh, finally talked him into going to see a doctor about this and not a physical therapist. And so dad decided reluctantly to do it because, you know, I told him, if you don't go voluntarily, I will physically pick you up, put you in the car and take you. So this is your choice. Either You're going to the doctor. All right. So we got him. Uh, to this doctor and neurologist, and they start running all these tests on him. And so they came down to two thoughts, two possibilities. One, a stroke, and number two, Parkinson's disease. And as I started looking online to do some research, everything that I saw concerning Parkinson's disease matched up. I mean, it was like, bam, bam, bam. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So, um, so they gave him some medication and said, this, this medication is for Parkinson's disease. And by, at this point, his hand is kind of involuntarily shaking. You know, he just really can't. He had to completely stop playing the guitar. And you guys have heard, many of you have heard my dad can wail on the guitar. A rock and roll, Bible-thumping preacher. <laughs> and, and so he lost, he lost his, he couldn't control his hand. And so then he just lost the drive after that. Like, I'm not going to play if I can't play. I'm not even going to try it. So I hated seeing him put the guitar up, you know. That was troubling for me. And then to see it affecting, because he's an awesome preacher and teacher, to see his tongue too slow to get the words out. I mean, that was just like, ugh. It was, it, we were angry. We were angry at the devil. and knew this was an attack from the enemy. And, and uh, you know, as his son, I was a bit angry with him that he waited so long to go to the doctor and fighting all that. But... So finally they said, we're going to give you this medication for Parkinson's and, and the, the shaking and all that stuff will stop and then we'll know if, it's, if it actually is Parkinson's. You'll, your body will, will, will prove that, it's, that it is or, is or isn't. So he, they put him on this medication and he actually grew worse and none of the symptoms changed. So they, they counted out, out of stroke because they did all these MRIs and stuff and then they had to basically cross out Parkinson's disease. And so finally, the doctor just threw his hands up and said, I don't know what this is. 
So that was even more frustrating. Now we didn't even really know what we're fighting. There's no answer, except I just see my dad continually getting worse. And, but I'd watch him. I'd go up, I'm up at the school at Christ for the Nations three days a week during the semester, and they have a, an apartment there. And on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'd go there. <clears throat> and help my dad tie his tie, you know, button his collars and standing in there, helping him get dressed and... <clears throat> But, and just watching him get up, even though he felt terrible, and get up and go teach anyway, and go anyway, and go anyway. And, I, and he, would, he would sit there, I, I, so many times I've heard this over the last year, just heard him get up and thank the Lord for his healing. And then I heard somebody ask him, we're... I have people ask me all the time, how's your dad? How's your dad? And I, I appreciate that. That means a lot. A lot of people were concerned about him. He lost lots of weight. First time ever that my dad has been lighter than me. That did not make me feel very good. That he <laughs> and just, it was alarming. Because I've always known my dad to be a strong man. I mean, physically, spiritually, just always there. And now here he is, can't even button a button on his shirt, you know. So, but all along this time, I've, I've never heard him get off of faith. I heard someone ask him one time, and they were well-meaning, Pastor John, how, how are you feeling? He says, what does that matter? I'm walking by faith. What does that matter? I'm walking by faith. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them. What does that matter? I'm walking by faith. Huh? What does it matter? Praise God. And over this last year, we've seen a turnaround in his health. Now my dad's getting stronger. As a matter of fact, one morning, just a few months ago, he walked, he got up. I usually get there early before he wakes up. He gets up and he walks, just walks in the living room just like this and sits down. I went, Dad, you're not dragging your leg. He said, I know. He says, some days it's like nothing ever happened. And those days are getting more frequent and more frequent and more frequent all the time. And I was talking to him on the phone yesterday, and there was no slow speech. There was no, no slow tongue. I mean, it was just like times before. And I'm thinking, God, this is amazing. And he's done little treatments here and there. But the thing that I've really seen progress from is his faith in God. And, and that's been an, an extraordinary walk. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here to remind you today, you keep looking at what God has prepared for you, despite what you're experiencing right now, because God will not fail you. His, not one word of his ever fails. The word of God, once it's been spoken by him, it absolutely will accomplish whatever it says it will accomplish. It will prosper wherever it goes. It will not return void. Hallelujah. And, and, and God is so good. Yes. Amen. 
you know, he looked for somebody to swear to, and then he realized, I can't swear to anything higher than myself. So I swear to me. When it comes to his promise to you, he swears to himself that he'll keep his promise. That's why Jesus could confidently say to us, whoever seeks will find. Whoever knocks, the door will be open. And whoever asks will receive. Amen. Time's not a factor in this deal. Your faith in God is the factor. Amen. So don't grow weary in well-doing. Like that song song says this morning, take courage, my heart. Huh? Take courage. Take courage. Victory is yours. Victory is sure to those who will take God at his word and stay in it. Stay with it. Amen. Praise God. Whatever your father Abraham gets, you get. Hallelujah. Faith makes obeying without knowing possible. Faith dwells in the promises. And faith keeps you looking for what God has prepared for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for the inspiration that we find from the scriptures. That God is good. And every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, which means you are good and you're never going to change. You'll never change. And because of that, Lord, we know that you love us because you are good. We know that anything's possible. When we're facing adversities and challenges of life, difficulties, loss, whatever kind of negativity there is, God, you can take that thing and turn it to good. You're a specialist at it. You just need us to believe you. Just believe. Faith, whatever is born of God, overcomes the world. So, Father, we trust you today. We trust you. Today, I want to encourage you. Maybe somewhere along the way, you got discouraged and you gave up. You were fighting this thing by faith. You were, you were, you were doing good and then something happened. It didn't turn out like you thought it would turn out. Something else happened that knocked the wind out of your sails. And you found yourself questioning and being discouraged and maybe even bitter today. I want to encourage you today. Believe again. There's mercy and grace for you. Believe him again today. Look to him. He's never left you. Even when we're faithless, the scripture says he remains faithful. Just dare to believe him again. Let God show himself strong on your behalf. Let him show you his faithfulness. He loves you. He's not against you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's not overlooked you. All right, I know you, you might be dealing with things that tell you you think that's true. But that's why you need faith. That's why you need faith more than you're thinking. Trust Him. And believe Him. And watch, watch what He says come to pass in your life. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that. No condemnation. No. Thank you for healing today. Thank you for restoring. Thank you, Lord, for, for, for filling your people with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
And the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we look to you and we trust you. You are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.